everybody and welcome to another bonus episode here at PS We Have Orders. How you doing, Shannon? Hi. <laughs> um, this one I'm super excited for. Shannon can attest to how excited I've been about this upcoming interview. Yeah, you've been really, really, really excited. Like when you found out this was gonna happen, you just like you sent me so many snaps. You were just so excited. I did. I was like in an airport and everything and like a mask. I'm like, ah, um, okay, so this is um, our first non-military um, woman person that we've human. had on this. But uh, yeah, human beings. This is our first non-military human being we've had on here. Um, but I did decide that we were going to diverge away from the usual guests uh, for a very good reason. And that's because it's a professional and has personal experience with my favorite topic. Shannon, what is my favorite topic to talk about here? If it's not cats... I would guess anti-MLMs. Anti-MLMs. Yes, ma'am. Um, I couldn't help myself. Uh, we're going to have somebody come in and talk about her experiences with MLMs. And also she has her degree in psychology and just behavioral patterns and everything. So I am really excited to have her on. I kind of like a fangirl of hers. Well, you heard her originally on another podcast, right? Yeah, I ha- I heard her on um, Roberta Blevins' Life After MLM, and then I saw her on a Facebook page we're both part of, and so I just reached out to her, and I was kind of shocked. She said she'd get on because she has her own YouTube channel and has been on much, much bigger podcasts than this, and so I'm just feeling really blessed that she came on ours, and I'm really she excited. Was, yeah, this is, this is really yeah. exciting because it's like the only experiences we really have is outside – mostly just ours it's not really right, outside exactly. ones mm-hmm. outside looking in so without further ado let me introduce you to megan I uh, just want to start this with megan's our first non-military spouse that we've ever had on the show so you're you're really breaking some boundaries here megan this is amazing um, I feel extra special. You are extra special. Um, and she's uh, joining me on my tirade that Shannon is allowing of educating the military spouse community on MLMs. How toxic they are. Yes. She has firsthand experience. She's very smart. I first heard her on a different podcast. So I'm like having this fangirl moment. So I'm just going to go ahead and let Megan take over and tell us about herself. All right. So I... I- it's always an honor for me when somebody thinks that I have something to say worth listening to. I'm, I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> so I live in Arizona and, and I grew up in the Midwest and multi-level marketing is massive in a lot of the Midwest states. And I grew up kind of being groomed into accepting multi-level marketing as legitimate. Mm-hmm. Um, so my mother would buy Mary Kay products. We always had Avon products. She had some Pampered Chef stuff. We definitely had some old school Tupperware stuff. And then um, I, mm-hmm. yeah, right. Yeah. But here's what's fun is that I got introduced to a multi-level marketing company that a lot of people don't know is an MLM. That's a longer burger basket. Oh. And like, it's this little tiny, and, and they went bankrupt at one point and they're back up and running under a new umbrella. And it's really Good interesting. For them. I, <laughs> I did a little mini dive on them on TikTok because I remember people taking field trips. Schools would take field trips to the Longa Burger headquarters because the building, the office building is shaped like a gigantic basket. What? 
<laughs> I can't make this up. If you Google Longa Burger Basket Company, it comes up. They talk about the real estate. At one point, they were going to turn it into a high-end hotel when they abandoned that building. Yep. But it still sits there. It still looks like a, a, a big old basket. All right. Oh, so, um, Harry, Harry flagged that. Yes. I, oh, my God. I just Googled it. It's, yeah, it's crazy. It's a literal picnic basket. Oh, yeah, <laughs> and, and I remember they they were like the elite baskets, right? And Midwest 80s culture, like, people oh, yeah. collect baskets. Yeah. It's weird. Um, when my grandmother died, I swear to goodness, we threw out more baskets than anything else at our house. <clears throat> but not longer burger baskets. Okay. Because those not are like, you don't throw those away. <laughs> uh, Stop. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so I grew up around these companies and didn't really know what multi-level marketing was. You know, I didn't know what it was. Like every once in a while there'd be an Avon catalog yeah. at our house. I mean, mom wasn't a makeup lady. She was very tomboyish my entire childhood. She didn't really cook. So I always wondered why she had pampered chefs. That she tried. <laughs> um, I, I, my, my father's joke was for the longest time, where are we cooking tonight? Cause they would just go out and get dinner and like pizza, not pizza hut. Domino's would send us Christmas cards because we ordered oh so much. Oh my god! You're like the top earners or something at Domino's. <laughs> like they literally knew our phone number as soon as it pops up on their screen. It would be my brother calling. They'd be like, "Hey Matt, what do you need?" And they would just like the usual, and he'd be like, "Yeah." Plus, my sister needs something. So like, it was, it, it, anyway, oh that's one of the more embarrassing parts of my life. No, I love that. <laughs> I love it. You know, fast forward uh, a bunch of time, and um, I spent a, a good portion of my teenage years and then most of my 20s struggling with alcoholism okay. and um post-traumatic stress disorder okay. good mix uh, i'm very right they kind of go hand they in most hand definitely do. Um, mm-hmm. and i'm very open about that with people because like for me removing the stigma around that stuff is super important, important. and because i am who i am i don't I don't mind. People can make fun of it. They can say whatever they want to say about me. Like you can't say anything about me that I didn't live. So like whatever. I never mm-hmm. understood the nasty stigma around mental health. Like it's very upsetting when people bash people with mental health issues. I just never understood that concept. Right. Also the fact we talk about any other disease, you yeah. know, we talk about our cancer and our, you know, heart whatever disease. else you're going through, heart disease, diabetes. diabetes, there's no stigma around those. I don't, no. you know, I don't think. And then all of a sudden, when it comes to a different part of your body, oh, no. Oh, it's, it's something you can't physically see. So clearly you're crazy. And that's just such yeah. a hurtful, st- I, I guess, yeah. um, logic behind it i'm sorry this is like my bread and butter so yeah. that upsets me <laughs> basically circle back circle back you're, you're good so like i'm so i'm i'm a trauma therapist by trade okay. i specialize okay. in treating different levels of trauma i specialize in complicated grief including pregnancy loss That's- i obviously specialize in substance use disorder treatment and have done that for a really long time um, and then just general mental health stuff so like i've turned my own experience into a way to help other people navigate how to find their authentic selves. Yeah. Because in case y'all haven't figured out by now, I'm pretty authentic. This yeah. 20% of the time. That's okay though. Um, you know what I've learned? And, and one of the, one of the things that really got reinforced with me, with my time in multi-level marketing is, is that I need to be as authentic and, and honor 
my own journey as much as possible because I went against that. And that's what got me into trouble and got me into a place where, you know, I was easily manipulated Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, being told that who I am isn't good enough. And that if I just did more or if I did X, Y, and Z, then I would be quote unquote better. And like, but I'm great just the way I am. So like said that with multiple, with the MLM stuff is that like, you know, you're never doing enough. You're not pushing. You've got to push more. You've got to call more people. You need to text more people. Oh, you should bother the people that you used to bully in high school (laughs) to see if they'll buy into this. Yeah. I never understood that. And, you know, in my experience, it was even, like, more insidious than that, too. Like, it, it, it got... I'm trying to be very careful about the way I talk about the woman that recruited me um, for a couple of reasons. The first is, is that she started to hear some of the things that I've done and has started to tell people that I'm a stalker and that I'm like single white female and all this stuff on, on, and people screenshot her stuff and send it to me. And I'm like, that's cool. Like, awesome. But let's talk about how you're kind of a sociopath, but I don't want to be into defamation of character. I love that you just said, I don't want to say anything negative that you call her a sociopath. That's what you're so allegedly. <laughs> I love My she, non-professional. She exhibits, yeah. exhibits behavior that checks off a lot of boxes okay. in my DSM, okay? Okay, I'm just okay. going to okay. get that. I love it. <laughs> I'm not diagnosing her, but I'm just saying. No, she didn't pay you, so you can't officially diagnose. Actually, they don't have to pay me. I can still diagnose. Oh. But um, <laughs> I, uh, I, I tell people all the time, when a therapist, don't judge. We just diagnose. Like, so just keep talking. I'm going to keep diagnosing. That's just how that's going to go. Yep. Then um, I get quiet. <laughs> my biggest, my biggest weapon is my silence and my facial expressions. So, um, so when I was finishing up my master's, I built a really good career on a bachelor's degree and things changed and shifted and licensing boards were requiring more education and that kind of deal. And at the time I thought I wanted to be in charge of stuff. And now I'm like, yeah, no, that's not really not my bag. Um, so I had to get a master's. So I'm at the end of finishing up my master's degree and I had my daughter and her dad quit working to stay home because it made more sense. I, and as you guys can understand this, it made more sense for one of us to stay home mm-hmm. because we were going to be paying an entire paycheck. In yeah. Childcare is unbelievably expensive. It's a second mortgage yeah. childcare. Yeah. Yeah. Especially for infants. Yep. Yeah. I had the most earning potential at the time. His job was becoming problematic in some other ways. And then I was the breadwinner and I was doing 30 hours a week of internship because my job didn't count. Yeah. Because behavioral health relies on free labor constantly because we're totally underfunded. Yeah. So I'm doing all of that and and I'm just, the water's just rising, right? Yeah. Like we're barely treading water at some points. He takes out a part-time gig. It's still not enough. Like we're barely seeing each other and I can't work anymore because I'm on 20, like I'm literally on call 24 yeah. seven at my job at this point. I'm in a recovery meeting because at this point I had um, about eight or nine years sober and I'm in my recovery meeting and I'm having a breakdown about how stressed out I am, how overwhelmed I am, how I'm really struggling to find my way through this. And um, this woman who'd been coming into our meeting fairly regularly, but wasn't there all the time. She 
approached me afterwards or messaged me through Facebook. I can't remember which right now, but just basically used my words and was like, Hey, you know, I have this opportunity. Mm-hmm. And um, I really, you, you guys just, you're so amazing. You deserve all the good things. Love bombing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd really like to talk to you about it. So like, no, it, we, she, she approached me first about meeting for coffee and then at coffee, it was just a huge sales pitch. Oh, and um, so there are things you need to know about me at this point in time. First of all, is I worked in an all-male facility. All of my clients were men. All of my coworkers were men. Because I have such massively strong boundaries, I worked in male facilities. Which I can understand. That's, that's a huge feat in its own. So if I wanted to interact with other women, I had to go to, like, our corporate office or to, like, the women's facility, which was not something I had time to do because I'm running a facility. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I just, I didn't wear makeup. I barely cared about what I wore because of why. I'm not there to impress people. I'm just You're there, to work. there to do a job and leave. I, I'm good. I'm, I don't pick up people at work. That's not a thing I do. <laughs> Um, no, you don't want to bring somebody home to the father of your child and your infant. You well, run into that. Let's, let's, let's be real. Most of the people I work with are damaged, so I don't need another project. Thanks yeah. for playing. Um, <laughs> if I want a project, I'll make a new garden. Like, people and I hate garden. The bathroom, you know, lots of other things. There's a lot of other like, things. Like, time. It's good. Yeah. So yeah, so like, I'm not a makeup girl, and. My red flags were like, you know, hey, you got to pay money to sign up. And I'm like, wait, but you know I'm having financial trouble. So that makes <laughs> absolutely no sense. You're asking me to spend money that I don't have on something that I don't use. The second red flag that I didn't pay attention to until um, I actually got out and I was scrolling through our old messages just to kind of see some of the tactics and that kind of thing that were being used. And she never once wanted to make me a customer. She never once wanted me to try the product. She never once did any of that with me. Mm-hmm. It was only the sales pitch for recruiting. Interesting. So she was looking to add you to the downstream. Was it the downstream? Yeah, add to the downline. Downline. She just wanted to make money off of me. Yeah. And um, that's cool, whatever. Um, that's her karma, not mine. Um, so she kept bugging me and bugging me and bugging me. And Finally, we got to a point where, like, the water is above my eyeballs, and, like, I just can't. And I'm like, all right, well, maybe I can do this. I worked retail for a long time right out of college. I suck at it, but, you know, maybe I can make this work, right? So I sign up, and I pay my money, and I get my stuff. And, like, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, uh, this is probably a really big mistake. Like, instant buyer's remorse kind of a thing? (laughs) Instant, like, first of all, the starter kit didn't come with any product. So I still haven't tried the product. Right. Okay. What? And then she's giving me this list of products to order, but she told me that she could help me do this without ordering anything up front. Got it. So lie number one. Yeah. Right. So like the order that I'm supposed to place is like three hundred and some dollars because I can get it at fifty like whatever it was to get the, the fifty percent off it when you're new. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, okay, this is weird. And then she keeps telling me to push a certain lip color on a friend of mine. Just keeps going back to it over and over again. Send this color to your friend. Send this color to your friend. Send this color to your friend. And I'm like, that is not how I do things. Yeah. That is not who I am. I'm not pushy like that. Finally, I did it just to get this chick off my back. And my friend is like, yeah, I tried that stuff before. One of my sponsees uses it or sells it. Like, I just, I don't like it. And I'm like, okay, cool. So I tell this chick, well, she didn't like it. And she's like, well, ask her why and try to troubleshoot it. I'm like, first of all, I don't know what you mean by troubleshoot. It's makeup. Pardon my language, sorry. 
Beep. Yeah, we'll just beep it. It's fine. <laughs> beep me. Um, so I'm like, it's, it's, it's just lipstick. Like, why do you have to troubleshoot makeup? Like, it, has it really changed that much no, since I wore it regularly? It. Like, I don't understand. So whatever. And I'm like, all right. Um, uh, yeah, she just doesn't like it. And I don't push things on people. It's just not who I am. And like, I did okay-ish, the low-hanging fruit, the warm market. I don't have a big warm market, like for real. My social media is fairly locked down because of what I do for a living. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. like, I don't want random strangers seeing my kid. I- I'm weird that way. Which is fully understandable. Yeah. So the only market that I have is that's, that's all women or in that area that's not family and friends is 12-step fellowships. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that feels gross to me. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't understand how that was the train of thought to like, oh, well, you go to this, you can definitely sell there. Like, that's just so problematic. The, the biggest issue is, is that she and I ran in a lot of the same circles. So she already had the customers that she was going to have. Right. <sighs> You've already saturated your group. Which me and Perry have t- we've talked about in the mil- with right. military community. Same issue. Because right. like one person yeah. will start one MLM. In the base. Recruit all yeah. of her friends because she's making money at the time. Yeah. Sell to and the rest. all to her friends. Exactly. Yeah. And then it turns right. into this overly competitive market. Well, it's not even competitive. I mean, once you saturate it's it, it's like, I can only have so many leggings. I can only have so many vibrators. Like, I cannot go to another pure romance party. My husband thinks there's something wrong. Like, Your husband thinks more is going on there than demonstrations, right? right? I don't know. That, that one to me is probably one of the cringiest ones ever. Like, I had a friend that did it and she was selling stuff like her daughter-in-law. And I'm like, that's really that's weird. weird. Like, like, honey, I saw that. Yeah. I know you need this. Like, yeah. like, I, I'm not not purity culture, but oh my god. Yeah. We're oh god. back when we first joined when we were in like the Midwest, and I knew her from work. And we went, and obviously I brought one of my friends that was actually in from out of town. We were like, oh, we'll have some glasses of wine, head and have fun. And they do this early. She did this thing where she did a display with like the quote unquote restraints, which are like the handcuff things where they literally mm-hmm. hog tie you or they like tie at the party. Yes. It was hysterical. I'm, I'm out. I'm out. I'm just imagining like, yeah, I'm just like out. Someone's mom is there and she's like, t- like Barbara's tied up on the coffee table. <laughs> Oh my god. Okay, but anyways, we'll cir- circle back. Circle back. So, <laughs> circle back. <laughs> I told you all of your problems. No, Shannon is is terrible. <laughs> she has squirrel brain. Oh, I am OMG squirrel every day. So your somebody in your group recruited you. You got your starter pack. You immediately are trying to get all this product that you don't. No, uh, you don't have the money for, and you're pushing it on to people that you don't want or have already been reached out to. So mm-hmm. it's really starting strong. Yes, I'm. I'm doing amazing and doing uh, some of the cringy things, right? Like we're adding hey, random girl. people on. <laughs> yeah. No, I. I did not. I will tell you, I did not cold call people in their DMs. Bless right. you. Well, yeah, obviously you wouldn't have failed your MLM. Otherwise you should have just worked harder. Um, <laughs> no, I just added people like, like consistently into my group that didn't want to be there. 
I was that person. A person, okay. Um, I'm like, oh, obviously they didn't see the invite. Oh, as they would know me. Yeah. <laughs> so, and let me tell you, this, this should tell you something about the people that I have in my world and the way that they feel about me. Um, first of all, I had people that did buy products from me in my warm market who never support any multi-level marketing. And the mm-hmm. only reason they did is put it to me. Yep. Mm-hmm. The second is, is that I really didn't have anybody call me out or tell me like what I was doing, like that it was a scam or anything like that. And when I got out there, people were like, oh, thank goodness you got it. I'm like, why didn't you say something to me in the first place? Like, because we love you and we didn't want to like make you mad or sad. And I'm like, yeah, okay, that checks out, yeah. right? <laughs> so I was very clear from the beginning. I didn't want to recruit. It wasn't the thing I wanted to do. I just wanted to sell some products, make some money and move on. Right. I don't have time for this. I have a career and I'm not quitting my career that I have a master's degree in that I've been doing for over a decade to sell makeup. Like that's not happening. So then uh, systematically I was losing attention. So like, I just didn't, I didn't want to do that. Right. And this is where I think that a lot of people struggle with multi-level marketing stuff is because they're like, well, how do people that have education and degree and know-how get sucked in? And I'm like, well, because they're vulnerable, just like anybody else. Mm -hmm. And because we're groomed, right? I talked about the grooming. We're taught that these things are acceptable. Like, we don't know any better. And if you in a house or in a family where somebody is in these things and actually does fairly well, it is what it is, right? Mm -hmm. Um. I was losing the attention of my recruiter and um, because I wasn't recruiting, I wasn't doing it full time. And anytime they would have a training, it would literally be an hour away on a Tuesday night at eight o'clock. Who has time for that? I'm like, I, I have a kid, first of all, so yeah. I have to take her and I have to take her with me. And like, that's way past her bedtime. And right. She's a pain. And um, plus it's Tuesday night and Tuesday night is a night that's sacred for me because I always go to my 12 step meeting on Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. The rest of my week gets kind of wonkadoodle, but my Tuesday night has been sacred since I moved here mm-hmm. and that doesn't change. So I'm like, I'm not missing my Tuesday night to go hang out with y'all. Like that's not going to happen. No, it's totally understandable. And there were a couple, there were a couple of meetups that I went to that were like on my side of town. And that's where I got to know the woman that was recruited in, even though she was in active bankruptcy. Oh, okay. Choices. Yeah, my yeah, my recruiter recruited somebody who's in active bankruptcy because that's a great financial decision. It's not, by the way. Do you think that your the person that recruited you knew it was a scam at the time they were doing the recruiting? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Okay. All right. I, tra- I tried. Tried to give her the benefit of the doubt. Apparently. Not. So, so let me tell you something, right? So my recruiter is the one percent. She is the less, actually, she's the less than 1%. Yeah. She was at the top, like, close to the top of the pyramid within a year or two of joining. Mm-hmm. Um, she has a massive network that she already works with. She works in the beauty industry. She's a hairdresser. Oh, so, okay. like, she already has clients, clients that she can talk to regularly. Yeah. Right? I can't talk to clients even if I had female clients because, like, um, ethics. And um, so it, it's this big thing. And I can tell you the other reason why I know that she knew it was a scam is because she subsequently jumped ship and went to a different MLM that was newer because she knew she could take the majority of her downline yeah. with her over there and start at the and top. And start of the higher up. Oh, so she's actually pretty uh-huh. smart, yeah. ruthless, but smart. And, and here's the other thing. So like somebody sent me, people send me the weirdest stuff and people are like, so Somebody sent me, this is why she thinks I'm a stalker. Somebody <laughs> sent me 
a YouTube training video of her and her new MLM talking about consistency. And she's always talking about consistency, i.e. work constantly, lose sleep, sacrifice everything. I love that. Which I'm not willing to do, right? Your flexible work from home job. Yeah. Okay. Correct. Mm -hmm. Correct. Like if you're, you just skip an hour of sleep, like turn everything into not like whatever. So um, I'm watching the beginning of this training video for her new company. And she starts by saying, well, I already started with a really large warm market because I'm a hairdresser. Uh, I had time in another MLM. Yeah. And she's like, and the reason why I was successful in my other MLM is because of my already existing warm market in 12 step recovery and with my support group of women who have lost children. Oh, I just got chill. I don't even have words. She openly admits that she uses her dead child as a reason to be more relatable to get people to buy stuff. Oh from my her. god. Like oh my god. I I've right. never personally have dealt with that. But, like, I, I know a lot of women who have dealt with fertility issues, miscarriages after miscarriages, and it is it's extremely so painful. damaging. Like, it, it, it's, it's just, I'm... If, she, if she's doing to them what she did to me, she made me feel like she was my friend. Mm-hmm. And this is the affinity fraud piece, right? Mm-hmm. She made me feel like she was my friend. She made me feel like I could trust her because we had this, this other piece of vulnerability in common because of these things and she had suffered a pregnancy loss at some point and I've been through two so like in addition to you know a a child that died after it was born she also like to me I'm just like I'm like what is wrong with you right and like she's always posting those relatability post crap things right um so she knew she knew what she was doing she knew what she was doing yeah that's just so harmful. And whether or not it's because if she drank the Kool-Aid and that's what she got out of it, then fine. What's interesting is, is that when she left the MLM that I joined, I was then assigned to her direct upline. Okay. Because it's, it's called compression. So I was assigned to her direct upline who reached out to me, who's actually, and, and I've said this on the other podcast, she's an amazing human. Okay. Like, I absolutely love her. And I really wish that she would get out but she's so high up that most of her income is tied to it now yeah and like she even reached out for me when she found out about how my recruiter was talking about me she listens to my life after mlm mm-hmm. podcast right she listened to my interview on that and she reached out for me and she's like i can't believe that that's what people are saying about you like i can't believe that's how you got recruited she's like i never would have condoned that from anybody but because my recruiter had cut off ties with her and had joined with that woman's upline who um, has some significant personality disorder stuff going on. Again, not judging, diagnosing. Diagnosing. Like they had ganged up against this other woman and I've watched her struggle with some mental health stuff. And I'm like, honey, it's because you're in the MLM and you're not leaving. Mm-hmm. Um, I know for a fact that's what it is because she had successful business outside of MLM before and like for her to be caught in this like it's just so weird mm-hmm. but like this is this is the example where women who get women and men because there are men who do some of the service based and some of the like health ones yeah so. they're like Amway <laughs> yeah. and Vesti one and stuff like that did you yeah. did you listen to that episode I'm sorry the life after MLM episode they talk about Amway and how if a single mm-hmm. Amway man and a single Amway Amway woman get married they can mm-hmm. combine their Amway yep, yep. oh it 
felt so I was like, this is this is not fighting the patriarchy, guys. Yeah. I don't no. like it. No. Amway is is like the epitome of a cult. Well, they're all cults. They all meet the criteria. But Amway is definitely a cult. And if you have not watched on Becoming a God in Central Florida, I have you have to. Hilarious. It's amazing. Oh I my goodness. It. Oh my god. And I found I found another one. There's a there's a mockumentary on Amazon. It's only like a buck. Okay. Right. And it's called Believe. Okay. And it, it's a mockumentary about essentially Amway. But at the end, the guy's like it, like he's jumping ship to a new MLM and he's like, hey. Have you heard about Amway? Oh okay, I'll have to watch that. Oh my god! <laughs> I think for a dollar on Amazon, okay. I was laughing hysterically the entire time. Just worth saying, it. worth it. Totally worth that money. But yeah, so like she knew what she was doing, and she mm-hmm. clearly was training other people to do the same thing. And and that to me is like, all right. And part of why I was a failure is because I don't prey on people's vulnerability. I built my entire life helping people to overcome those things, why would I then turn around to use it for my own gain? And yeah, I don't mind telling people, yes, I'm, I am an MLM loser because um, it's kind of a good thing to be a loser because that means I damn people. (laughs) Right. It's all just gross. Right. And then, you know, I've, I've been doing mini dives on some of the other companies and how they work. I've been reading Ponzi-nomics by Robert Fitzpatrick. I've watched, you know, all the things and, and I, I, I do my own research. Right. And I wasn't going to like speak out or anything like that. I was just really digging on some things. And then, um, some stuff happened with the founder of the company I was in and some very interesting campaign donations Mm -hmm. and political involvement. And the fact that, you know, she's buying up a whole, like an entire town in Oklahoma. Wait, which one is this one? I just heard about this. Senegens. I just heard about this from another anti-MLM. They are known as sheer sense in the UK. So if you have people that are in the UK stationed over in Europe, they are known as sheer sense over there. They have a Australian division, a Hong Kong division, a Mexico division, Canada and the US. Oh, that's why they can afford Oklahoma, apparently. Yeah. Well, she literally is buying up pretty much the entire town. And she um, has selling her her California mansion for $50 million. No big deal. Because she's building a gigantic ranch-style compound in Oklahoma. So it's, compound. it's the cult of the, I, I call them Senescam. It's the cult of Senescam. Okay. God, that's just, I, I heard about that and I was like, Wait, that- you know some weird stuff is going to happen at that ranch, right? Oh. Like, we all know. Something weird stuff happen. happened in California. She had a meeting hall in her house for, like, 300 people, but there were never any meetings there. Like, what is this? But, like, it's... It, and this is the problem, right? Is you get this charismatic leader who has this story that people can relate to. So, for her, the myth of Senegens is, is that she started it when she was in the middle of a divorce and all she had was $7 in her pocket. But let me ask you a question. So just, just follow me for a second. She only had $7 to her name and all she wanted out of her divorce was custody of her son. Yeah. We can all admire that, right? Uh-huh. But she was really high up in Mary Kay. So if she was really high up in Mary Kay, why did she only have $7? Why did only $7? And, hmm. and multi-level marketing is so amazing for people. Why did she only have $7 if she's at the top? So, like, she clearly saw the only way to make money in this stupid business is to start it yourself. And, and, and there's a couple of 
of um, ones that have started up in the last year and a half because COVID just like made these things multiply like cockroaches. Yeah, for sure. Um, there's, there's a couple that started up and I did deep dives on both of them on TikTok. They essentially were top level earners at other companies who moved their entire legs over into the start of their new company, mm-hmm. which means the top of the pyramid was fixed from the minute that yeah. company launched, Right. which means literally nobody else has a chance. Right. Nobody. Yeah, no. And they can probably see in their old company that it was already becoming to get saturated. They're seeing the bottom of that pyramid. So then they just hop on over and start another pyramid. Right. And and most of the anti-MLM movement is women who were at the top, who saw the scam and couldn't Mm -hmm. live with themselves and got out. Yeah. Right. Like most of the people that are super vocal, there's a couple that aren't, that were never involved, but like that's whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but the majority of, of people who are well, better known in, in the anti MLM community are women who were at the top, saw what it was, got out and are like, I don't want other people to fall for this. And they're doing it kind of like their own way of making amends for being, you yeah. know, predators yeah. while they were. Right. Because at least they recognize that they were predators and they were recognizing the tactics that they were using and they're trying to speak out and warn people about that, which I think is good, which kind of brings me to my point of you mentioned affinity fraud. Like, could you actually give us an example of like, let's say, you know, as a military spouse who's new to this and doesn't know, like, what is, what is it? something that you're like new to a base and somebody comes and wants to get you involved in the MLM? Like, what is some like tactics or something that, you know, we could look out for? So one of the biggest things is, is that they're going to, and this sounds so terrible because they never want to believe that people are just being nefarious. But the biggest thing is, is that it will be some random woman who comes out of nowhere, who's mm-hmm. love bombing you and telling you how amazing you are without knowing you mm-hmm. and wants to pretend to be your friend. Mm-hmm. And they're going to look at you and say, Hey, I know you're lonely. I know mm-hmm. you need new friends. Like this is what's up. And the first time you go anywhere with them, it will become a sales pitch like immediately. Mm-hmm. But that's the biggest thing, right? Or, you know, come to this, this get together I'm having at my house, uh, a sip and paint or whatever. And it turns out to be a sales pitch. You know, that's the biggest thing when you look at for, for military spouses is that loneliness, yeah. that need for connection. Right. And, and you're going to believe that these people have your back because you want a, you want to believe they have your back and mm-hmm. be like, shouldn't we all stick together if we're in the same boat? Right. Yeah, because we think it's like a safe space to be posting on the Facebook pages like, hey, I just got here. I don't have any friends. Does anybody want to get coffee? Like we're literally putting ourselves out there. Which is really hard for a lot of people. Like I know when we got to our first base, I was I didn't even know where to start. I didn't know how to reach out. And majority of my friends actually came from work, not from base. Mm -hmm. So it's it's really hard to get a staff. That's yeah, for sure. And if you don't have anybody that has your back yet, yeah. like it's hard to be like, hey, maybe don't get coffee with that person. They're just going to try to sell you a knife right. or something like it's that. Like, oh, that's the right. paper chef rep. <laughs> that's the pure romance one. Oh, that's Sensi. Like yeah. no one has told you yet who's the red yeah. flags. Yeah. So like one of those things too is like for those of you that are in those groups that know who is who, you know, messaging that person like the new person on the slide and just being like hey just so you know a lot of these women are just trying to sell you something 
or even calling them out on like I call people out on Facebook pages all the time. They don't like me, but like I do it. <laughs> For real. Like stop it. It's gross. Um, I called a woman out on a recovery, like a recovery mom's page. And it was clearly a copy pasta situation where she copied and pasted something that she was using for recruiting. And um, I was like, you know, this is really gross. Like you want to talk about your recovery journey? Fine. But stop talking about your multi-level marketing company here. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, some other huns jumped on me and were like, oh, you're just being so meh, 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 meh. I'm like, look, I understand. What what do you rep for? Because clearly you're doing the same thing, right? Um, but I'm also one of those people that I'm like, I just don't care if you like me or not, because mm-hmm. I'm not going to let somebody else fall victim to this stuff that's brand new, especially in sobriety. Mm-hmm. They're so vulnerable and they just want to connect and, and have instant success because like everybody wants instant success, well, right? Yeah. Who doesn't? And, like who doesn't want to make $500 a week without having to do anything? That'd be amazing. I think if it was easy, everyone would do it. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And then I'm like, well, if the products sell themselves, then what do you need me for? Like, if the product sells themselves, is it already in your house? Have you heard of this product before? Do you know anybody right. that uses this product? Right. You know, like, if, if it sells itself, product. it would be sitting on a shelf in a store somewhere and people would be buying it like crazy. Yeah. And that's not the case. So whatever. Yeah. Hmm. But, you know, the, the biggest thing and the biggest way that they, they use affinity fraud is they use that affiliation of, oh, you know, where have you been stationed? Like for you guys, where have you been stationed before? Oh, this is where we've been. And like, have you, you know, been able to kind of make friends there and, and trying to pull you into like using your warm market from other places. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just, it, tur- it comes with the veneer of everything that you could possibly want to fix what's going on with you. But the reality is, is that if somebody a won't tell you what they're talking about, right? They're not going to tell you the company. They're not going to tell you the product. Yeah, that's so sketchy. Yeah. Right. It's it's a tactic. They don't want you to actually Google it and find out what's going on. Um, the other thing is, is like, and this is what this is where like I I went wrong for myself was that I didn't trust my gut. When stuff felt wrong, when it felt icky, I didn't listen to my gut. I was like, well, it can't possibly be true because, like, look. Because again, I think that everybody's like me, and that's not how the world works. Yeah, not everyone is genuine. And also not everyone's skeptical immediately either. It's true. Right. And and I think the biggest thing for anybody is is understanding when you enter into a new situation, so you're at a new base, or you're in a new city, whatever, understanding that that makes you vulnerable because you're going to be lonely. Mm-hmm. And we as humans seek human connection. The other thing is, is that if you're already feeling like you're not enough in some ways, like, mm-hmm. because I had to leave a job or I can't work because we move around so much, or, you know, I have five kids and I can't work because I've stayed home with them, you know, those kind of things. This is the stuff where it's like, okay, this is the stuff that makes me vulnerable to these types of opportunities from people to take advantage of, and not just multi-level marketing. Like mm-hmm. it, it's a lot of things where people can start to swoop in and it's like if this is what I'm experiencing what are ways that I can start managing that on my own and, and it and it might look like if you're in Facebook I hate Facebook by the way it's I just hate it it's one of those like necessary evils because I know where Shannon is especially you know over because she, she's overseas and you have to stick together with the community and you can't like watch the local news to know what's going on no. so that's how I've been finding about like how bad cases are right now that's how i'm finding out what's being closed you have like 20 facebook pages and you said that people are mean on them 
<laughs> There's some, like, I have learned you only post in certain pages and you'll actually get a response. Other times you just get trolls. Yeah. See, and I, I get my adrenaline moving and I think it's funny because I come at them with facts and they want to argue they hate facts. that. <laughs> and like I I was going off at one point about pharmacy's website was down for like nine days in the United States. It was active on every other site that they had for the rest of the world, but the US's was down for nine days. Nine days. Mm-hmm. So I I asked that question on uh, like one of the pharmacy, I think Instagrams or something like that. And I had this woman coming back at me and I'm like, look, I got facts. Do you want yeah. facts? Because I can give you facts. And I like broke it down and then she went in and like dirty deleted all of her comments. Mm-hmm. It was really funny. Nice. And like, like for real though, and all of my comments stood. Yeah. So it's like all yeah. my facts are still there. There, yeah, it's still there. If you work for, a, if if I work for an e-commerce company, we did all of our stuff online, and um, I couldn't order product for nine days. My customers couldn't order product for nine days. I'd be out of business, right? So I, I was like, this this has company shutdown vibes. This shows that you don't give a crap about your U.S. distributors. Mm-hmm. Because all the other company, all the other countries you can still order from. Like, I don't understand what's happening here. And of course, you know, logic is not something that they enjoy. So, um, you know, well, websites take time. I'm like, no, they literally don't. Because you don't take down the old one until the new one is yeah. ready. And then you beta test it overnight. Right. And then it's up within 24 hours. Yeah. It does yeah. not take nine days. Unless they were just waiting until then to rebuild the entire website. And then you wouldn't. Like it, it just yeah, really, it, it's problematic. I don't even know anything about web development. I know that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But yeah, so like this is this is the thing, right? And that's the other piece is, is that you know the love bombing happens. The mm-hmm. uh, you know people telling you how amazing you are, and we don't get that enough as human beings, right? Like it's true. I randomly compliment people. My daughter randomly compliments people. It's amazing. But like people kind of look at you like, what do you want? Yeah. And you tell them something nice about them. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's so, it, you know, we see it a lot with religious affiliation too. Like we're in the same religion. So therefore you must be safe. Yes. And that's what affinity fraud, affinity fraud relies on is the appearance of somebody being a safe person, mm-hmm. somebody that you can be safe with, to be vulnerable with that, you know, you can kind of let it all hang out and they aren't going to use it against you. And they may even like spice it in with some of their own experiences. Mm-hmm. and it comes packaged as everything you ever thought that you wanted, mm-hmm. but it has a massive price tag. Clearly, mm-hmm. you know, they don't respond well to logic. So if you start asking questions, they don't like questions, by the way, that's like the big thing. If you're inside, you don't ask questions and you don't say anything negative about a product mm-hmm. ever. So if you don't like it and you don't use it, then you don't talk about it because you're not allowed to say anything negative. Okay. It's super fun. Right. Um, yeah. But it's just, you know, well, what do you do if a customer brings up a concern? Uh, you tell them pretty much that it's their fault. Nice. Love that. Got it. Check. Customer service, 10 out of 10. I love it. Great. So, like, um, the big one that I can I can name because I think it's hilarious is Monique. Mm-hmm. You know, hair falling out of massive chunks. People are having burns on their, their scalp. And they are told, first of all, that that's their hair detoxing. Guess what? Hair doesn't detox. It's dead cells. Right. Um, that's not how this works. Second of all, like they'll tell you, well, you're just not using it right. Okay. How do you shampoo your hair raw? Right. 
like by other shampoo doesn't burn my hair off if I do it wrong. And they're like, well, you must have allergies to the product, and that's why it's doing that to you. And I'm like, look, son, if uh, your shampoo has stuff in it that has an allergen on it, first of all, it needs to be marked on the bottle. Mm -hmm. Second of all, um, I have never in the history of my life had an allergic reaction to a shampoo. Never. But you're going to tell me that this big, gigantic wad of hair that left me with a bald spot is because I don't know how to shampoo my hair. With Senegins, the flagship product is the the lip product, which I hated because it doesn't stay on me at all. Like my body pH doesn't allow for it. And um, like, so if it would burn, well, do you know why it burns? Because the first ingredient in it is a chemical called alcohol. Oh. If you don't shake the tube enough, the alcohol concentrate is right on the top. So you're putting almost pure alcohol on your lip. Um, But we were told to tell people that like, they're they're dehydrated or their lips are detoxing from all the wax products they use and stuff like that. And I'm like, this is just cringy and why do MLMs love the word detox? I was just saying so the same much? thing. How are we so toxic? They're the toxic ones. Like, come on. <laughs> you know, and I honestly I have this thing about like toxic as a word now. Like I don't like it. I use the term unhealthy, and maybe that's because I'm a therapist, but like toxicity is a whole other level. Except for toxic positivity, which is another thing they use. Do you want to talk about that? Definitely talk about toxic positivity while you're here. So um, the queen of toxic positivity who's been canceled is Rachel Hollis because she went and spoke at all the MLMs and then went back in one of her books and called them all stupid. Um, (laughs) Whoops. Oh, no. She she went back. If you, there's a deep dive on it, but I think uh, a chick on YouTube that talks about how she essentially, like, if you look at it, she essentially called multi-level marketing reps dumb if they have, if they get sucked in. Okay. Boy. <laughs> okay. That's great. That's... Choices. Yeah. Um, so toxic positivity is this idea that we aren't allowed to have genuine emotions other than things that are positive and that are comfortable for other people. So it comes from this place that taught that essentially if you are feeling something that is uncomfortable for somebody else, you need to fake it like it's not there. So anger, sadness, depression, anxiety, fear, worry, all of those things, those things you're not supposed to express. You're just supposed to quote unquote, think positive. Now, let me tell you something. If, if somebody who suffers from clinical depression, their brain does not produce the chemicals necessary to make them happy. So when you tell them to think their way into being happy, that is so terrible, right? And the human experience is one of mixed emotions. It's one of complex emotions. It's one of conflicting emotions that exist at the exact same time. Mm -hmm. But when you tell me the only thing I'm allowed to tell you about is stuff that's positive, then we got a problem. And this is why social media can be problematic is because everybody's showing their highlight reel because Mm -hmm. nobody talks about what's really going on. Mm -hmm. right people don't talk about their anger they don't talk about their depression they don't talk about their struggle and that's why i am so open about my ptsd and when it cycles back around and flares up and triggers and like things that happen because it's a chronic illness it didn't go away i've i've been able to maintain it and make my brain function better Mm -hmm. but i still have hypervigilance i still have a, a exaggerated startle response there are times when my brain will start spinning out in complete irrationality because it's what it does. Mm-hmm. Uh, my tiger comes in the room every once in a while and I'm like, okay, the tiger's in the room. We got to deal with this. And I go back to therapy and I yeah. deal with it and I get my brain back into where it needs to be in the end. Mm-hmm. 
But this is the this is what they do, right? They don't want you to question and they don't want you to say anything negative because you're supposed to be promoting a lifestyle. And you can't promote a lifestyle if you are smelling of desperation or anxiety or sadness. Right? Yeah. What's oh, you look happy? This solved all my problems. Um, the the famous way that they that LuLaRoe does that is you're supposed to hashtag everything because of LuLaRoe. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I saw right. that. Oh, it's like because yeah. of LuLaRoe, I can get a coffee. And it's like because of my job, I can also get a coffee. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but that's also based in some like prosperity gospel stuff yeah. too. Like that's also secret, icky. You know? Yeah. The secret is the most unhealthy thing on the planet. Just by thinking positive doesn't mean that bad stuff isn't going to happen to you. Just so you know, mm-hmm. I can sit here and try to manifest a million dollars into my bank account tomorrow. And guess what? It's not going to happen. Shocker. Right. That's not how this works. Right. Um, bad stuff happens because bad stuff happens. Good stuff happens because good stuff happens. And sometimes they don't make sense. And sometimes they are the direct result of things you do. Yes. You know, and like good stuff happens to bad people and bad stuff happens to good people. So like, whatever. Mm-hmm. But this is, this is that thing, right? They're like, we have to manifest it. You have to talk about it. You have to pretend like it's real. And they kind of hijack some um, 12-step recovery type phrases into mm-hmm. marketing. And one of them is fake it until you make it. Okay. So fake it until you make it essentially means that I am supposed to pretend like I know what I'm doing or pretend like I'm great with being sober, clean, whatever. And um, eventually I will believe it myself. Right. And so they, they, there's essentially means like fake the funk, right? Like you're mm-hmm. going to fake like you're making money, even though you're not, which is why they do those cringy stuff like that yeah when they like have like a bunch of five dollar bills split out and they're like look i got paid today this is like or or their square report that has the number blocked out yeah yeah or they hold hold their credit card for block out the information i have money yeah they're like pink mary Kay card or whatever that they actually just are in debt with because they're using it to buy product because they can't afford anyways or because that's how they earn their commission and mary Kay also charges them a commit a fee on the credit card for every month that they have it (laughs) did you know that like my job took money from me to direct deposit my money i would have a different job so um, I, when I left Senegens, I actually was in debt to them because uh, my commission card fees were piling up because I wasn't earning anything because I wasn't doing anything with it. And if they really thought I was going to pay those commission fees, like they lost their ever-loving mind. Oh, my God. So then let me ask you. So let's say that, you know, that we have a listener here that's in MLMs because Shannon and I both know multiple yes. you know, friends of ours that are in. And I, maybe they listen. They probably stopped after the first episode. Oh, probably. But so let's say you're in it and you've already fallen prey to the affinity fraud. You already mm-hmm. told this person too much and you're in too deep and maybe you owe them money. What is like your, I guess, your advice to them of how to get out both like mentally, how do you cut that cord and just kind of like the actions you should go through? So what's really interesting is I'm, I'm actually working on putting together a self-help book on how to get out of an MLM. And oh my God. Well, then I'm glad I asked this question. You must know the answer. Right? <laughs> it's, it's brand new and it's probably going to be a while before I'm finished. That's okay. Um, okay. We're waiting but the for first, it. The first, the first thing that like I tell people is to calculate how much time you're actually spending. Mm-hmm. So those cracks and crevices of your day, how much time are you actually spending on this business? 
working for free, essentially, mm-hmm. um, you know, messaging, scrolling through your social media, looking for opportunities to like push your product, whatever conversations, mm-hmm. all that business, like mm-hmm. how much time are you actually spending? Right. And then actually, you know, breaking down your real profit margin. So how much money you're spending, including all of these fees, you know, mm-hmm. uh, mailing, shipping costs, taxes, like sales tax, if you're not recouping that, like everything that potentially goes into plus, you know, a portion of your cell phone bill, your wireless, all of that, like needs yeah. to go in. And even inventory that might be sitting in your garage, probably right. not being able to be sold. Correct. Yeah. Um, or in your closet, like in my case, I was closet qualified. Um, so yeah, you, you look through all that stuff and then you, um, break it down by how much you've actually made in profit margin because like, so Senegins, you could, you could buy products at 20 to 50% off of the retail value. And that just, I think is a lot of them are like that. Yeah. Right. So like I could have ordered a bunch of stuff at 50% off, but like, I just, calculate how much I spent on product and then how much I sold it for. I wasn't going to be like, well, I actually made more on this tube of right. whatever because I bought it. Like, no, not need to do do that real extra. money. Yeah. Not what right. if money, real right. money, money, right. money in, money out. Correct. So if you do all of that and um, like break it down and then divide it by how many hours a week you're working, mm-hmm. you're going to find out what your wage is. And is it really worth that? Oh, right? Is it really is my time really worth less than prison wages, which is what it usually comes out to? Um, you know, looking at that stuff and getting a better sense of that. Um, looking at what are the things that keep me stuck? What am I afraid of if I leave? Mm-hmm. You know, what have I lost as a result of? And you know, does it outweigh all the things that I could lose if I leave now? Because the reality is, is that the friends that you have inside the company are not going to be your friends, right? Period. I have a couple of friends that are still my friends um, after I left. And that's because we connected at a different level than just multi-level marketing. Yeah. So like you got to look at that stuff and you got to look at the the relationships you've damaged being involved. You got to, it's a big like pro con list, Mm -hmm. but broken down into different categories. Hey, this is Future Perry. Um, I realized when I was doing the editing that since we recorded this episode with Megan, that her book has in fact come out. So if anybody's interested in reading the book slash manual that Megan was discussing in this episode, it is called Cutting Ties, Healing After MLM. And you can get that most places, um, including Kindle on Amazon. You know, the other thing too, and I did a series on... Uh, there's a series that I did on TikTok and I think it's in some of my YouTube videos. So it's a grieving process. And how do we walk through that? How do we walk through the grief of this? How do we come to terms with the fact that I did not quote unquote succeed at this? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's where like the anti MLM community is amazing. Some of the, some of the Facebook groups get a little like attacky. Yeah, there are some that. that are amazing and it's supportive. And there's even one that's for survivors. Anti MLM TikTok is beyond supportive. Like it's not, nobody is really attacking because the majority of people who are involved on that platform are former MLM reps. Mm -hmm. So like we know, yeah, it turns into this idea that it's okay. It's okay to admit that I got scammed. It doesn't mean I'm not smart. It doesn't mean that I'm a loser. It doesn't mean that I'm worthless. There are hundreds of thousands of people who get scammed into these things every single year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We can't all be that 
stupid, quote unquote. They right. just are really good at how they wrap up the package and using cult tactics. Exactly. It's like we shouldn't be expected to see through every single lie. Like some people are good at lying and you can be lied to and act on a lie. Try to take good action based on a lie. And that doesn't make you stupid. That makes the other person a liar. That makes the other person the villain, not you. It's, you know, I think that's what it says to your character and intelligence, at least. The other thing too, and this is major, right, is the tendency of people to jump into a different company because all of the companies want to tell you that they're different. So the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, studied 350 different multi-level marketing companies in their income disclosure statements. Mm -hmm. And they found that across the board, 99.7% of people lose money in these things. Right. 350 companies looked at, and those are only the ones that had income disclosures. So many of them don't because it's just that terrible, right? Mm-hmm. Aren't they required to though? Or are they? Sh- nope. Really? Interesting. So they cannot make income claims unless they can back it up with an income disclosure. So the people are like, I won my car. I got, got a you. free trip. And they have to post their income disclosure right after it. Okay. Otherwise they're in an FTC violation. Okay. Got you. Um, so the companies that do that, and some of them, like I don't like Color Street. Color Street's income yeah. disclosure. They talk about people operating at a deficit right there in their income disclosure, <laughs> and people still join and are like, "I could be that one percent." No, yeah. literally, you can't. Ninety nine percent of your company is losing money. It's right there in black and white. But those people just don't work hard enough. They're just not like you. They just don't try. Obviously, right, like nail stickers, great. <laughs> um, that don't stay on. <laughs> you know whatever Mm -hmm. you know and then that company has nail stickers that they sell at a retail outlet like same company just a different name and they sell them out at walmart so do they really care about you no 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 right so it's that understanding that they they are the business model is always the same and i don't care if they call it network marketing they're now starting to call it affiliate marketing and even some affiliate programs are scams too so you got to be careful good to know Uh, like they call it social selling like they're just wrapping it up and and so so the other piece too and this is something that gets me kind of in trouble like we blanketly call it a pyramid scheme which it technically is Mm -hmm. but but if you look at the ftc numbers you have a 10 percent higher rate of success with a legit pyramid scheme than you do with I did see that no I read that too oh my god (laughs) it's like statistically you're gonna make more money right you're gonna make more money doing an old school chain letter than you will buying into a multi-level marketing well because of pyramid scheme there's not like a a inventory you need to keep in your closet it's just literally your time yes and that's and that's the point right is that the product is a token and they get you to spend all the money that you make back into the company to yeah. feed the top. And, you know, other people, you know, the other thing that gets used a lot, and this is the thing, like women tend to have big dreams about things and, and they want to be entrepreneurs. They want to be self-supporting and all that business. And the reality is, is that you're not a small business owner. You're a 1099 salesperson. Which because you get can't really be this- hurt if you oh, say yeah. they're not a small business. Well, this but here's the business. thing. <laughs> but then I ask someone like, but, Arbon is a multi-million dollar company. Right. How's that a small business? business. That's so small. You are a salesperson. You are not a small business. You're an Arbon sales rep. I'm like, okay, so you own the business. That's great. So like, 
can you sell other products too? So you might sell, you know, a little Mary Kay. Can you sell some from pharmacy too? Well, no, of course not. Cause you sign a non-compete. Well, guess what? If I owned a store, I could have both like two competing product lines yeah. in the same store. Sure. You can't because you are a 1099 salesperson who paid for the privilege to work for them. Right. I, I see that a lot. And I've also been seeing it a lot too. And like other groups where actual small businesses are just begging you, please don't say you're a small business. Yes. Please don't come to my craft there. Please stay away from this. And I do think there's a, a more, there's like more awareness now. Yeah. And I, I think I see it called out more. And I do think that more people are trying to set them in their place and make them a little less welcome. I'm not saying everywhere, just in some places I've seen it, which is great. The other thing too, and this is something that like a lot of people struggle with, and it's having the hard no, when somebody wants you to buy a product to help them out. I'm not helping them out when I buy something from them. What I'm doing is I'm perpetuating their cycle of belief that this is going to work and being very firm about like, look, if you need 20 bucks because you're that hard up, I'll just give you $20. Yeah. Right. I I don't want your crap product. Right. Right. Like, yeah, I've had to learn that myself. Like it's not, it's not helping. What it does is it produces dopamine and then they're in your DMs constantly trying to sell you more. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I know Shannon and I have both seen that. We've both been invited time after time to the same party on Facebook, you know, time after time. I've finally gotten to a place where I say, you know, Hey, it's not you personally. It's just, I don't support MLM. So if I came to your thing, I'd have to go to her thing yep. and I just don't support that. So I try to, you know, see like, this isn't personal. This is just, I don't support MLMs. And then Period. usually they just go, okay. And then they stop talking to me. So yeah, that's, that's what I've had to hit. I get around that is um, if somebody just continues to invite me, um, I actually join the group and they go in and this, like I said, I'm a jerk and I don't care if people don't like me. Like, I don't care. I wish somebody would have done this for me. Mm -hmm. I go into the group and I actually post like some statistical data, like memes of get kicked out a lot, you know, (laughs) and and they don't reinvite me. Oh yeah. No, they won't. Yeah. They don't reinvite me. But the other thing is, and this is what I'm big about is, is like, I ask questions like, well, what about this? Or what about that? Or why would I pay $50 for this eye cream when I can get the same thing at CVS? Well, you're supporting me. No, I'm not. I'm supporting the person that owns this business. I'm supporting the CEO that has a multi-million dollar home. I'm not supporting you. Yeah. You made what? A couple dollars off of this? Or like, and like paparazzi. Do you know how much people make off of a piece of paparazzi jewelry? A dollar a dollar fifteen. Oh my gosh! And they how? Yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> like I'm not supporting you. Like that's not helping you. Yeah, that's not helping you. If you really need help from me, I will give you the five dollars legit, or I will buy you coffee, or I will right. buy your groceries. Yeah. Right. A, a really good friend of mine was almost killed last year in, in a motorcycle accident, and like I, I repetitively send her money. Mm-hmm. I just send her money. That's what I, that's what we do when our people need help is we just send them money. Like we don't ask for stupid tokens, like whatever, yeah. um, or, you know, sell some stuff on Mercari if you're really that hard up. Like we all have too much junk anyway. Yeah. It, it's that idea that if you really need help that desperately, maybe you shouldn't keep spending money on these products because guess right. what? That's why you're going broke. Yeah. It's almost like that gambler's high of like, okay, well, I'm going to risk it. But then you make that sale and you're like, oh, this is working. So I guess to tell, help a friend, like kind of like take that dopamine high away of like, no, this isn't working. This isn't real. 
Right. And I tell people all the time, like, I love you. I support you. And, and the other thing they like to attack us for is like, well, you're not empowering the women. I'm like, then why are most of the people who own these companies and who sit on their boards all men? Yeah. That's another thing. It's like, what, who, why do you even have a makeup company? Right. Even Senegents, the uh, really like there's one or two women in the uh, administrative team and the corporate team. The rest are all men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like the, mean, the, the she- guy who is head of stuff over in Shearsense in the UK, mm-hmm. somebody was telling me that worked um, out of the corporate office doing like customer service or something like that over there. He literally would insult the American representatives to their faces and they would eat it up like he was just the best thing that ever happened. That's gross. Oh, no. No, 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 no. That's really. I Shannon and I are very pro. I mean, generally spouses helping spouses, but statistically, we're mostly women, and you know, trying to be supportive. Um, So I think that is important to note that you're not being supportive if you support the MLM. That's actually the opposite of being supportive. So it's it's good to take a step back and think about it that way. Yeah, I think that's actually really it's a good thing to point out. Cause it's like, I know I've been trapped in that where I'm like, yeah, I should, I'll just help her out. I'll do like a $30 order. And yeah. Or like, host a party. You're like, exactly. Cause Shannon right. loves, she's a social person. She loves the hosting the parties and everything. And, and she's been burned by that too in the past. So bad. I, yeah. I literally, it was a person who was brand new to um, 31 and I hosted uh, her first ever in-person party and it was like a two three thousand dollar party and within a couple months she stopped talking to me it was a big thank you yeah and mind you well, that's because you're a transaction you right. gotta remember that yeah, that's exactly what it was and it's like it mm-hmm. not only hurt me but solidified that i'm like nope we're not doing this anymore i'm not opening my house to people anymore because like for me personally if I break bread with you or invite you into my happy home. We're cool. And if you burn that bridge, you're dead. <laughs> it's a very right. quick flip. Like, nope, bye. And I mean, and that's one of those things, though, like in the military community is like, you know, then you PCS and you can burn bridges all over again at your new base. And you can talk about like, oh, you know, you guys are so great. My last base didn't understand me. And you can start that fanny fraud all over again. And then and, you move every couple of years anyway. Yeah, exactly. So that's awful. Megan, before we wrap this up, is there anything else you wanted to say? Any last points that you really wanted to Hello. tell us in our little community? Um, first of all, I, I want to thank everybody for, for their sacrifices. I can't even imagine, you know, having the reality that my spouse could not come home. Like that to me, military spouses, police spouses, firefighter spouses, anybody who is involved, married, partnered with somebody who has it in their job description that they could die in the line of their job. Like I have mad respect for, and I think a lot of times, you know, people don't acknowledge the sacrifice that, that y'all make nearly enough. Uh, And that's my reality. Cause like, I, you know, I've been married twice and my husband comes home every night. Yeah. (laughs) Like, because like it, it, my my ex husband's a tattoo artist, so like you know, it'd be very the tattoos. Did she get a good discount? 
I, I mean, 12 years of my life. I don't know if I call it a discount, but whatever. <laughs> okay. There's a lot of costs there. <laughs> like, I, and I admit, like I worked in corrections for a period of time, like worked in, in prisons and like my job was the most dangerous job in the yeah, house. That's scary too. Yeah. But Our like, jobs it, aren't, you aren't hard like that. I'm an accountant. <laughs> but yeah. But you know, I, I, well, I mean, you never know. That's, that's hard. Math is hard. Math is like scary to me. So like you're... <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually terrible at math. I'm just like really good at using Excel. That's like my skill set is how to use Still, Excel. So yeah. can't do it. So can't oh, do Excel it. Excel breaks my brain every time. It's so I don't think I don't think in numbers. Um <laughs> the the other thing too is is understanding that it's okay to say no to people. It's okay to not do something. It's okay to have a preference and a boundary and understand that people that don't respect your boundaries they don't care about you. Mm-hmm. Period. Absolutely. And and it's okay to, to hold the mirror up in front of a friend or somebody that you care about and be like, look, this is this is shady and I don't want to see you get hurt by this. Mm-hmm. And and letting them know like I'm telling you this because I care about you. And and again, like trusting your gut. If something feels gross and icky, like don't do it. Just yeah. don't do it. Yeah. Even if you're wrong, even if your gut instinct is a little off, because mine is a little off sometimes, which is the gift of PTSD. Even if it's a little off, it's better to err on the side of no than -hmm. to get caught up in something that you can't get out of. And doing the real research, which Mm -hmm. means looking beyond the company, looking beyond the upline, looking beyond the recruiter. I can't say it enough. The FTC has everything you need to know right there. Robert Fitzpatrick's book is amazing. Like it gets a little dense at times. So what's the book? um, Ponzi-nomics, the true story of multi-level marketing. He is like the guru. He's been studying this stuff for forever. Mm -hmm. It's okay to ask questions. It's okay to stay. If if, If you're finding that this is working for you and you're okay with the fact that other people are losing money and you're making money off of them losing money and you're okay with that, then like, I can't, I can't tell you how to live your life. I just know that I can't live that way. That's mm-hmm. not how I'm built. Yeah. And that even if that person is family, it's okay to be like, no, I'm not doing it with you. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's okay to, to be where you're at. And, you know, it is a grief process to walk away from something. Right. It's an identity process to walk away yeah. from something, you know, no matter what. I believe that people are worth more than multi-level marketing yeah. period. And that's something Shannon and I have talked about too, is identity. It's uh, it's sometimes hard to have an identity because you almost change your identity every time you move. Like here I have a corporate job and I'm an yeah. accountant. And when I was stationed with Shannon, I was the chick that worked at the bar. That everybody loved and you make phenomenal food. So we go through just like a slew of identities and a slew of influences around us. And, you know, I think that's another reason why we're so susceptible is because we are so used to having to have change and having to accept new things and having to trust people we don't know. So, yeah, I think that's a really good point is we do struggle with identity a lot. And I love that you're saying our identity is more than an MLM and we're worth more than an MLM. And honestly, like what you do for a living is the least exciting thing about you. It's the least important thing about you. Like Mm -hmm. it's not who you are. It's just what you do to make money. 
That's true. Then is there anything you want to plug? You've mentioned your TikTok a bunch of times. You mentioned there's a book coming out at some point. Uh, you mentioned a YouTube video. <laughs> what, what do you want to plug? We'll, um, we'll um, mention it here and then also like email me links. Okay. So um, it's really easy. My YouTube and my TikTok are the same. It's Megan Zona Life, Z-O-N-A-L-I-F-E. Okay. So I don't do as much TikTok content because that's, there's a whole backstory to that. I've got, um, for sure, some of my, I've got my MLM content on YouTube. I've got some other stuff about some mental health things Mm -hmm. up on my YouTube as well. And I'm working on putting together some YouTube videos, um, outlining some of the stuff that I'm doing in the book, uh, but not all the things I'm doing in the book, you know, like make money off of it. It makes sense. Plus it's, I mean, it's a workbook. So like, it'll help to have the, the layout of the worksheets that I'm doing and that kind of thing. And my, those YouTube videos are slow to come because my webcam stopped working. Ooh, so okay. I have to figure out a new setup on how I'm going to make that happen. Um, cause I'm low tech. It's usually just me talking. So like, you don't even have to have the screen in front of your face unless you really enjoy my facial expressions and my hand gestures. I've been appreciating them. Honestly, I think it's worth it. The facial expressions alone. <laughs> worth it. Yes. Yeah. So there's that. And then, um, like you said, I, I did, um, a couple of, there's a couple of episodes of life after MLM that mm-hmm. I was on. Um, Roberta's talked about having me back on to talk more about some of the psychology and healing and that process and that kind of thing. But yeah, I try to keep it really simple. So everything is the same across the board. It's just Megan. It's so no I should be a little bit about that. Okay. Perfect. That's awesome. We'll definitely and put links. Sidebar. Would you want to come back on and talk about PTSD and alcoholism at some point? Uh, absolutely. Because this is something we've talked about doing, but we're so grossly underqualified. Yeah, to I'm, talk I'm about not there with my certifications yet. And I don't want to speak until I have yeah. my education done. Yeah. So I don't know when it would be, but if you would be open to coming back, like that would be. Absolutely. Awesome. I, yeah. We, uh, so I, I mean, I have 16 years of experience in behavioral health. So yeah, I think I'm kind of qualified plus lived experience. So yeah. Plus lived experience. Yeah. yeah. Cause you know, alcoholism and PTSD in the military are kind of their staple characteristics. Yeah. So. I don't know what you're talking about. Like that doesn't <laughs> happen. Yes. Thank you so much. And thank you for being patient with me while I tried to coordinate all this. It's really hard getting Shannon and I together. On Sorry. The page. No, you're good. I am um, one of my things is I am intensely over-organized. And I'm also very flaky. So like if stuff isn't in my calendar, or like it doesn't look a certain way, I start to freak out that I did something wrong. So <laughs> no, Shan's that way too. She's very organized. You should yeah. see her calendar and her colors. Yeah, I'm just one of those like, is it in my phone? It is? Okay. <laughs> I feel like I have my desk calendar, my phone calendar. I have a work calendar. I have a family calendar for all of us to know activities and like days that schools are off and things like that. But I'm going to tell you that for some reason I had up until earlier this week, I completely blanked on what day we had decided on. So I'm like, oh crap, did I miss it? <laughs> I would let you know. I'd be like, okay, I, was like I thought you said you were going to talk to me. <laughs> this is so terrible. I'm so t- like, but that's neurodivergency. My yeah. brain does, it goes in 500 different directions. And like, I sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, I totally put that on my calendar and I totally didn't. <laughs> It happens. It happens. But thank you again so much. Thank Megan. You. I really appreciate yeah. it. Um, we'll link everything and hopefully we will talk to you again soon about some other fun, morbid stuff. Awesome. All right. Thanks. 
Oh yeah, Shannon. What did you think? Well, she is unbelievably kind. She, I really enjoyed her perspective because it was straightforward. It wasn't sugar-coated. She flat out said what she had to say. And she was just so insightful on the whole topic as a whole. And as someone who's going into the field that she literally has worked, what, for like 14 years? Mm-hmm. I was fangirling secretly. <laughs> well, what I think is also really interesting, Shannon, is this one and then our previous interview that we've had was with Hannah with the key spouses. And she also has a very similar career and educational goals of you. Yeah. So I think that's really interesting that we keep finding people that are so similar to you. and having. I think all. what it is, is it's like psychology as a whole is a very interesting topic. And you find people that absolutely love it they pursue it they kill it and they run with it and then you have other people who obviously pursue different career choices like yourself mm-hmm. yeah like i've i've read other places that a lot of the reason why people go into psychology is because they want to help people and like when we spoke to hannah and now to megan it's like they have a story and they want to help other people so that's yes. really the driving force mm-hmm yeah, I agree. And I mean, I, like you too, you also have a story and you also want to help people. And um, I guess maybe that's just the kind of people that want to get on podcasts and talk to people. <laughs> well, I think it's people are just open to talk. Like I'm always willing to openly talk about like my struggles, my story. Mm-hmm. I know in the past even couple years, my life has dramatically changed due to unforeseen circumstances. Right. right. And it has completely changed and like I feel like when you hear stories or you read stories unless you've lived the experience of a life-changing event you might not fully understand how someone can just flip almost like Mm -hmm. flip a coin and they're completely different like I know for me a lot of things have changed since last year for myself like my mental perspective is on things and a lot yeah definitely And I, you know, after talking to her as well, with her having her specialty in alcoholism and PTSD, I'm really excited that we'll be able to have a comprehensive. uh, I can't wait to have her back on. I cannot wait to pick her brain on all of that. I was like, oh, this would check some lists of episodes we want to have. Maybe she'll come on again. So I hope you all really liked her because you're probably going to hear her again. Uh, This does not count as an episode for the week. So stay tuned for our regularly scheduled program that'll be dropping. Enjoy the bonus. This Wednesday or next Wednesday. Well, Shannon, this has been awesome. And I will talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to P.S. We Have Orders podcast. If you ever want to reach out to us, you most definitely can. You can find us over at Instagram at P.S. We Have Orders podcast. Also, we have a Gmail that is P.S. We Have Orders podcast at gmail.com. If you ever want to leave us a review, feedback, or even any ideas for future episodes, please let us know. If you're listening to us on an app that allows you to leave us a review, please do. It helps us out a lot. Thank you for listening again. Bye.